I was on vacation this week, and I got back, and I go to a place called True Nature, and uh, they have these acai bowls, which is, I, that's just millennial for fruit in a cup. And um, <clears throat> it's about 1,000 calories, and it's about $1,000, but it tastes so right. And, um, and I went there. I walked into the, walked into the restaurant, and I do, I'm, if you know anything about me, this series that we're going to talk about for the next four weeks, this is my deal. Like, if we could do squad goals every single month, that's my deal, because I love, I love humanity. I love humanity. I've been let down by humanity, but that has never stopped me from loving humanity. And um, I love humanity to the nth degree. I have a friend here today. I met him a, a year ago, and he was on his worst day of his life, about to end it all. I called him on the phone and talked with him. Today he walked in. I said, it's so good to see you. He said, you know what, because of this, he was just telling me, because I'm so loyal to this church. He told me today, he goes, I've been sober for 365 days. <clears throat> and it was so incredible. He said, what's so incredible, I started being obedient, and God blessed me. I said, how did you know God blessed you? He goes, because I had three daughters, and he's just, my wife's pregnant with our son. I'm like, I, that is, if, if God gives you three daughters, you've sinned a lot in your life. Like, you just got some. There's two things that you can know that God punished. God, if you, someone sins a lot, you can tell punishment comes in a couple ways. All girls, or if you're me, God gave me twins. Like, you know my sin. My sin runs deep, but Jesus' love is deeper. You know what I'm saying? So, I walked into the I walked into the the coffee I walked into this true nature place and got this bowl and and I ordered it and went and sat down. As I was walking down, I looked to the girl on my right and she was on her cell phone. I looked to the guy on the the guy guy past him and um, girl the, the next guy and he was he was sitting there and he was on his cell phone. And then I walked up to two girls. Um, they were high school age looking and um, and they were on their cell phone. I looked to the left of me. And I saw the people on the left. It was, a, it was a guy he had just ordered before me, and he was on his cell phone. And there was a lady there. She was waiting on her order, and she was on her cell phone. Everybody was on their cell phone. And I was looking around. I was thinking, man, I just, everyone's on, their, everyone's on their cell phone in this place. And it made me realize in here today the reason why they were on their cell phone is because they didn't want it. They, they were feeling lonely in the place. And they didn't like it. So they wanted to try to connect with the outside world or to connect with somebody else. And what scares me is that we're connecting and we're following all the wrong people. And so we're get connecting to people. And then what, what scares me even further is that we, we connect these people on social media and we think that we're actually really connected with them. But they would never, they might would come to our party, but they would never come to our funeral. And what I realized today in here today, there's a room full of people in here today you were made to live inside of a, a squad. You just were. And um, you're like, you don't know me. I don't know you, but I know this. And I, I, I've studied humanity. I've got 15 years of experience. I'm going to give you some medical statistics today that came from doctors that are way smarter than I am. And I know and what studies are telling us now is that you and I in here today, we work best inside of a squad. You just do. And um, you're like, well, I don't know if I do. Well, you can argue that with the doctors. Um, and if you want to get this, I'm not going to quote this doctor's name, but if you want to catch this podcast, just send me a, a DM and slide up into my DMs. And uh, I'll send you this podcast that I was listening to today. Listen to this. One in four Americans have zero friends to confide in. Nobody. I got no one to talk. It's funny because like, everybody wants to be in your selfie, but if you've got a problem, they don't, they're nowhere to be found. Check this, 85% of people are experiencing, 85% of people experiencing mental illness are isolated or alone. So mental illness is tied to isolation, a lack of a squad, having no squad goals, or having the wrong squad. 
And I don't want, I'm not going to get into the wrong squad today, but probably some of you guys in here, in case you don't come back next week or the week after, the week after, some of you guys in here today, you may be running the wrong squad. I, I think I saw Travis post something a, a while back, but where God has taken you, some of the people that you're with, they're not going to go with you. They can't go with you because God's taking you to, to higher places. He's taking you to new levels and new levels, new devils. Come on. 85% of people experiencing mental illness are isolated or alone. Get this. Being socially isolated is as harmful to your physical health as being an alcoholic and twice as harmful as obesity. See, Wes, you're telling me that the worst thing that I could do is be alone. I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling you what the studies are saying. This is what doctors are saying. These are people that, are, that have experience and now they have, you, you, you're, you guys are all smarter than I am. I'm not, I'm not that smart. I just, I just love people. That's, that's what I got going for me. But these guys have taken studies and tests, and they have studied man and woman over and over and over. And this isn't just men. It's, it's not just a man problem. It's not just a woman problem. It's a humanity problem. There's a humanity, there's a humanity problem. Social separation <clears throat> is a large cause of disease. Is large, I'm sorry, is a larger cause of disease and death than poor nutrition, lack of exercise, and smoking. So you could smoke cigarettes the rest of your life and be better off if you had people in your life, or you could exercise, or you could have bad, you could eat terrible and have people in your life and live longer. You guys are getting this. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to make, I'm, trying to, I'm blowing that up probably more than I should. The reality is this that it seems to me that everywhere I go and all the people that I'm seeing and when I have coffee with people, they're all struggling with the same exact thing. And it's just being alone. That's everyone in here, that's a, it's a humanity problem. It, what makes it even worse is this, is a lot of people, they won't come into these buildings, to this building, because they're like, well, you know what, I don't, no one has the same problem that I have. And we all do. We had a, I have a young man that I've been his youth pastor for 10 years. And um, he's, I met him when he was 16, 17. He's now almost 30 years. I've known him for 13 years. I was a youth pastor. I was a college pastor. Did his wedding. Dedicated his first child. I did his, 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 uh, his, his wife's grandma's funeral. I mean, I'm connected to this guy. He said, hey, no pressure, but I'm bringing my friend who's Muslim to church tomorrow. And I was like, gosh, I hope he doesn't come. <laughs> like, who says that? No, pre like, no, you know, like, you, you know, you know what it's like, like, put yourself in issues. You know when you, like, bring your, you, like, bring your friend to church, and you're like, God, I hope it's nothing weird. God, I hope it's nothing weird. And it's like, you know, like, or you have a friend, let's say they're stingy. Like, you, you invite your stingy friend, and then you walk in the pastor, like, hey, today we're going to talk about generosity. And you're like, Crap. you know, or this is another one. Like, this is, this is total, like, I don't know if, I don't really know, because it's the only job I've ever had is to work for churches, but this one's always weird, too. You bring a friend to church, and it's communion day. And the pastor goes, hey, we're going to eat Jesus' body and drink his blood. You're like, I hate this church. you like, that's, come on, you ever, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm like, so he's like, so he, I walk in, I, and he's like, hey, my friend's here. I'm like, oh, no. He said, I, he, he heard the same message or a variation of this message. Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth next. But he heard this message in the first service, and he just said, man, I just, I resonate with that. I'm just, I'm alone. You know what he said next? He said, I, this, is what he, this just happened. This just happened 10 minutes ago, this conversation. His conversation with his friend, he goes, I think the reason why that kid pulled that, that, that guy shot those people yesterday in Texas was because he was alone. We have a loneliness problem in our culture. 
It's a humanity problem. Everyone's alone. They don't want to be alone. What, what the problem, the, it gets even worse is that once we realize that we're alone, the thing that we use to cope is always the wrong thing. What's even one step further, what blows the mind is that we get these statistics, and some of you guys are like, yo, this guy is like preaching. This is like, this is so good. This is awesome. And people are like, yo, and people are gonna be like, yo, you gotta listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. Well, I got a podcast that was written thousands of years ago, and it already says what the podcasts are saying today. Here's what the podcast says, Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said this, let us make people in our image. And, and if you have a Bible today, if you're old school, you won't be able to do this, but if you're new school, it's okay to circle the word us in their Bible. Just look at us, because Jesus said, hey, let us make, let us make, God said, let us make man in our image. Jesus himself is a community being, and he says to us, he says to, he says to himself, let us make West Beecham, let him make him, let's let, make him like Jesus. Let's, let, let's make him like us. Let's, and we ourselves, that's, that must have been a weird conversation for God to say, hey, Jesus, hey, God, hey, Holy Spirit. Like, how do you have that conversation with yourself? I mean, I talk to myself, but I never answer myself, which that makes me sane. If you answer yourself, you got, we're going to get you. Michelle's in the kids. She's a counselor. She will help you. If you find yourself answering your own questions, problem. Asking questions is no problem. You're totally normal. But if you're answering your own questions, we find ourselves, Jesus, hey, let us make man in our image. Let's make him, like, let's let him, let's make him in a, com, like, in a, com, he needs to be in community. He needs to have people. Like, you, they need people. Because we ourselves, we're a community. I don't think Jesus would have ever made it without ever sinning, if he wasn't in a community. I think God would have been in a situation, we, we see God in Genesis, he starts creating stuff, like literally he's spitting stuff out of his mouth, stars coming out of his mouth, animals coming out of his mouth, like he speaks this stuff out of his, out of his mouth. I think he would have been like, I, I, think he, I think at the heart of who God is, is creativity. And I believe that whenever he was making the heavens and the earth, I believe he was consulting Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's just me. I think he was having a kind of, hey guys, what do you guys think? How do you think I should make that horse? I think he's having that conversation. They're like, yo, bro, this is how you ought to do it. Like, who's going to argue with you? You're God. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you, boo? Like, I think they're saying that to each other. Let us make them in our image. Like, let's make them like us. I want to, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to make Bonnie like me, Jesus said. Like, I, like John Beecham the first, the second, and the third, let's make them like us. Like, my, my dad didn't turn out as good as I did, but you know, he's like, let's make them all. Travis, I don't know, I just, it felt, came out. Like, it's like, let's make them all, let's all make them like us. Let, let's make them, let's make them to like, let's make them to be able to run in a squad. I think they'll be better, like, because we're doing pretty good in a squad. I think they'll be pretty good in a squad. Like, they, they, they would do better if they were, if they were squad-like. I think we ought to do that. Solomon, richest guy ever, one of the richest guys ever live. So, I mean, whatever party you've ever been to would have made that look small, the parties that he threw. They, 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 when you read this story, it's like this guy, he, he made vineyards, but he had to build his own irrigation for the vineyards. His slaves had houses. His slaves, slaves had houses. His slaves, slaves, slaves had houses. They said when you, when you study him in, in, in history, they said he would have parties, 10,000, 15,000 people would show up. He wasn't hiring a DJ. Speaking of DJs and parties, my aunt's here today. I remember my, my parents threw her her 21st birthday party. And my, my aunt and her friends were moving furniture out the house. Like, it was, I was too young to experience what I experienced that night. I'm better for it. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't have a DJ. They weren't, like, they weren't rolling the tracks. He would bring in the band. Like, he brought in, 
whoever it is, I mean, it would have been, he would have brought in the equivalent of a Jay-Z or a J-Lo or whoever you like, he would have brought them in. Like, whatever he, he I mean, it was huge. Here's what he says. He, he ran an experiment. He's like, I'm going I'm to run an experiment. And here's what, here's what he found out, okay? I don't have time to get into the experiment with you today. You can get into it. It's, 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 an, awesome, it's an awesome book. But here's what he says. Here's what I found. Two people are better than one. That's what he found. He goes, I, I did the studies. He goes, I've, I've sat, like, I sat next to the guy at the bar who was lonely, and I realized he needed people. And I, I sat next to the guy. I've, I've been to the funerals, and I realized, man, they need some people in their lives. I, I sat through them, and I just realized, like, they just, they need people. Like, you're, you're better off. Two are, two are better than, two are better than, better than one. Because they can help each other succeed. I've never met anyone who doesn't want to succeed. He says, um, if, if one person, here's a, like, like one, if, if one person's not doing good, he can make sure the other person succeeds. And he goes, the other one, he can reach out and help them. And then he goes, and if someone falls and they're in real trouble, they've got someone to pick them up. Like, I, I, like Blake and Alexis, I love you guys and I'm proud of you guys. Like, the baby's cute now. It's awesome. But as soon as they can start running around, like, it's just downhill dramatically. Right now it's eat, sleep, poop. Eat, sleep, poop. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like, you're going to be like, you're like, I wish I had that. You're going to be wishing for those days to come back. Because once they can run around, like, you are just exhausted. Like, check your watch now. Like, see how many miles you walk now. It's not a big deal. When they're t- terrible too, there's a reason why we call them terrible too. You are just running sprints all the time. I got four, four and a half year old twins. I get that. I got one running the street. I'm trying to grab him. But this one's at, still inside at the fountain thing, getting Pepsi. Like, what is going on? It's, it just gets harder. And here's what he says. You need people in your life. Write down this. Write this down. Um, we will never live the life that God intended for us to live without a squad. You just won't. Wes, you don't know me. I don't have to know you. Statistics tell us that you'll never live the life that you're supposed to live without people. The database of 15 years of experience in ministry, the guy I talked off the ledge a year ago, he wouldn't have been, he said, dude, I, that was my last night. I had, I, had, I had two methods and you called me. Thank you. you he, would have been, he wouldn't be here. His wife would be raising two little kids by herself. He, you, 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 you're not going to live the life you're intended to live without a squad. A friend of mine walked into the first service. She goes, I was counseling my friend all night long. She goes, how do you do it? I said, I love this. I would, because people need people. It's exhausting and it's tiring, but the reward is so worth it. Why wouldn't I? This is incredible. My toughest days don't compare to my best days when people get it. We, I, I pulled up next, I pulled up to get the trailer last night. I saw the chief of police from Winter Garden. He's like, you set this up every Saturday and every Sunday. I said, I would do it every day if I had to. Because people are coming to this place. Here's what I know. Environment matters. God stole that from Pastor Joel. Environment matters. This guy, about his friend, his Muslim, he's been witnessing to him for a long time. But something changed in him today. The environment. Environment matters. So check this story. Second Samuel chapter 7. When the king was settled into his palace and the Lord had given him the rest of, the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies. This is David here. He'd been fighting. He gets back home. He's tired. The king summoned Nathan, the prophet, and he says, look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. Verse 3, Nathan replied to the king, go ahead, do whatever you have in mind, 
for the Lord is with you. So this, there's, a, there's a tension that happens right here. Three verses in, and we see a tension. I love that about God. We've got David here, and David's like, yo, I got a place to stay, but there's no place for us to have church. Like, port- we're in a, this is a portable church. We set this up all the time. The old school church in the Bible, the one we see in the Old Testament, was a portable church. That's what, like, so when you go to, like, if I were you, if you want to be like Jesus, stay at this church. Because we're portable like the church that Jesus had. You know what I'm saying? Like, portable. If you go to church that has a building, you fancy. You know, like, we don't need a building. Like, we got, we got pipe and drape. We got a sound system we put up every single week that is loud right now. We just got all, we got all the things. I told someone, we're doing... We do such a, if you've ever been to a portable church, you know we're doing this. This is a killer setup for a portable church. I have friends that come, other pastors, they, they're portable. They come visit our church to see what we're doing. Like, dude, how do you, my buddy builds, builds buildings. He said, dude, I've never, he said, I've never seen something like this before. A young man walked into the church last week and he goes, mom, this is where we work out at Monday through Friday. So Dave was like, hey, they used to carry the church around with them. They carried the Ark of the Covenant around with them. That's Old Testament. You're like, dude, I didn't even know Wes knew the Old Testament. Like, they carried the scrolls around with them. They carried that with them. And they would set up the church. Wherever they go, they would bring the church with them. That's how they did the Old Testament. So David's here. He's like, yo, we need a church. We got to have a church building. We got to have a church building. The guy yes me. He's like, well, do you want to buy a church building? I was like, we already own one. He goes, you do? I said, yeah, we bought one in Cuba. He's like, you bought one in Cuba, but you didn't buy one in Winter Garden where you're at? I said, it's cheaper in Cuba. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not a great at business, but I'm like, it makes sense. Like I could buy a church in Cuba for 10 grand. We could buy a church in Cuba for 10 grand. Or I could buy one here for $10 million and not be afford to go out and serve this, the community. I'd just rather not do that. I'd rather love this. I'd rather, be able to love, I'd rather be able to have the money to love the community and pour into them and do the gas by downs and, and have a reputation. Our reputation in the city, our four-year-old church in September, people are saying, you guys are like one of the most generous churches in the city and you're, the, and you're one of the smallest. I'm like, don't fall asleep on us. We're coming. He says, oh, we need a church building. And here's what, here's what, so this is beautiful. This is what happens when you're in a squad. So David's there, the king, and Nathan is there. The Bible says this, catch this, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am. David and Nathan are there. Guess who shows up? It gets better. Like, Wes, it can't get any better. I love it so far. Jesus, God shows up. David and Nathan are there talking about how to, how to do this God thing, how to love people, how to do church. And Jesus is like, I'm going to show up. Right, guys, can I? And here's what happens. Verse 5 says, go and tell my David. God tells Nathan, go tell David, my servant, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I've never lived in a house. For the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day, I have always moved from one place to one place to the next place to the next place. I'm here today to tell you that God does not reside in this house. He resides in the people that are in this house. And he wants to go wherever your address is, that's where he's going tomorrow. And wherever you're going after here today, that's where God's going. God said, I've never lived in a house. I go where the people go. Yet no matter where I have gone with all the Israelites, I have never once complained to the Israel tribal leaders the shepherds of my people Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you guys built me a building or see your house? God's like, I'm not really interested in the building. I'm not really interested in the building. Before I get too far off like the rocker, like last week someone gave the church a truck and six months ago, someone gave the church a truck. Six months later, someone gave another family gave the church a truck. 
And like, they're like, they're like, we got your truck because we know you want a building, but we couldn't afford one yet. So if you can just hang on, like, we'll, I'm like, I'll, I told him, I was like, if you ever get mad at me, like, I'm, this truck's so nice, I'll sleep in this truck. It's not about the building. If someone wants to give us a building, my dad texted me out of the blue. I was looking at property recently, and my dad sent me a text out of nowhere. He said, the building will come. This is going to sound Travis. Like, Yo, I've been talking to your dad. My, my dad said this, the building's going to come in the, in the next 60 people. I was like, I received that. Travis is like, yo, I need to hang out with your dad. Travis is like, your dad's got more faith in you, Wes, so I'm just going to go and hang out with him. <clears throat> now go ahead and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of the heavens armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture, and I selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all of your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people, Israel. I'm going to plant them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past. And starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. I'm not really worried about the war that's happening all around us because I don't know about you today, but I'm in this story. And this Bible tells me that God's preparing a safe place for me and it ain't my last place, ain't this, my, my last address ain't the address I live now. My last address is when I get to heaven. So when people get all sideways and like get all squirmish and get all running around crazy, like their head cut off, like that, when the economy crashes, 2008 didn't bother me because that's not my, if God takes my, God takes my house, he takes my house. If God, because it's not mine anyways. I was with our team this past week and I was telling, um, I think it was Joel's wife or one of the ladies. I'm like, you guys want to, uh, maybe it was Michelle. I'm like, you want to you drive the truck? This truck is so pimp, by the way. It's got a big old, it's like, like the screen in there is like bigger than the TV I got at my house. Like, it's awesome. I put that thing on reverse, flip that thing on reverse. I go backwards. <laughs> They've got a backup light. Like right now I got to take my son to pick up the trailer, but now I don't need him anymore. Like, I don't need him. I got, I got a backup camera, bro. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't want to. She's like, I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to. I don't want to drive your truck. It's not mine. It's God's. Everything I have belongs to God. That's why I don't get worried as much. I don't have any. You can ask my wife. I don't worry about much. It makes her mad sometimes. She's like, why don't you worry? I'm like, because I don't own anything. Like I don't. God owns everything. I was talking with Jamal yesterday. He didn't say these words to me exactly, but I just sense that he just from from talking with him. I only known him for a little bit of time. I sense that he's, he's given his kids to the Lord. I just sense that in him. I hope I'm right. I don't know. He is like us, though, Dad. He's like, I, I took the kids to the beach. Like, and he, like, he, my, Dinah was so cool with the kids going to the beach the other day. Like, when I was younger, like, my parents didn't let me go, like, past this. He just, they just didn't. I sense that, I sense that he's just given his kids to the Lord. Moms and dads are here today. I hope you've done that. You won't be as devastated if God takes them off this earth. You won't be. My wife doesn't belong to me. I love her. But if, I, if she leaves the earth, I'm going to see her when I get to heaven. I hope you're not, I hope for you. I told our team this yesterday, Travis and Chris, and I said, we got done with lunch. I said, I hope you guys don't hold on to your stuff too tight. Because God can't put more in your hands if your hands are closed man said, he said, God gave me a kid. I said, don't stop being obedient. Would not run that route. I would not try to run that route. I just believe that. I just believe you. If you're obedient, God can do something with that. If you're not obedient, he can't do much with your disobedience. Why would he give you more if you're not being obedient with a little? 
um, verse 11 says, starting from the time I appointed judges over my people, um, furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and you're buried with your ancestors, this, what's about to happen next is gonna get better. David and Nathan are talking and God is dropping big truths. And God's not talking about the earth right now. He's about to start talking about heaven and the Old Testament. No Jesus yet. Jesus isn't born yet, but this is so big right here. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise you up. I'm gonna raise up from one of your descendants, your own offspring. I'm gonna make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name. I will secure his royal throne forever, a royal throne. I will be his father. He will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with a rod like any father would do. But my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, whom I have removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue. Your house and your kingdom will continue be will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. He's talking about heaven. You know that son he's talking about? This the son of David? Jesus. That's what he's talking about. He's that's what this is a this is a Christophany. He's he's pointing us to Jesus in the Old Testament. Way before Jesus, I don't People get so calm, like, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. Read the Old Testament. Way before Jesus showed up on earth, people were prophesying over and over again. Hey, and, every, and all the stuff, it all, it all lines up. There's no, there's no holes in this story. There's no, there's no, there's no corroboration. Like, they, they, this is a real story. All the stories point to the, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It points that there was a coming Messiah. Here we are reading about this David guy saying, hey, God needs a house. God's like, y'all don't need a house. And Nathan's saying, hey, yo, God told me to tell you, you don't need a house. And, and, we're, and, and we get so caught up on all the things that are so trivial and the things that don't really matter that much. We get so far off the rocker and God's, God's saying to us, hey, there's a son in this story. And his name is Jesus. And he's going to rule and he's going to reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So don't get caught up on the stuff. So verse 17 says, so Nathan went back and David told him everything that the Lord had said in the vision. Now, there's a thing in, in, when you preach the Bible, there's a thing called context. And you have to have context. And what I, for me, I'm an ADD preacher. That's not a secret yet. That's why you guys invite your friends to this church. You're like, dude, you're not gonna believe the stuff he says. For me, like I just, for me, I read, I, I could just read. We read the first four verses. David says to Nathan, things aren't going good. Like we gotta fix this. And then God shows up. And then Nathan, and I could skip all the conversation with God and go to the very end where it simply says this, yo, I need to tell you what God said. And I need to tell you what God said in this passage of scripture to me. Here's what he says to me. He says to me, he says to me two things. Here they are. Without a squad, we cannot survive. You, you're, you guys are smart. God could have told that. God could have had the conversation I had with Nathan. He could have had it with David, but he didn't. Because Jesus, today, the application is God is pointing to you and I that you cannot survive without a squad. You can't. David wouldn't have got the message. David would have messed it up. You know what David would have did? What you would have done. What I would have done. Here's what we would have done. Hey, God, we got to get you a house. God, I'm going to go build you a house. And we would take things into our own hands and go build a house for him. And God's like, you're gonna, what you'll, what you, is what you'll do. 
if you go out and do that, you're just going to go out and weigh yourself down. Some of you guys are weighing yourself down. Chief said to me yesterday, at, 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 right at the trailer storage, he said, um, he said, you know, I just sold everything this year. I sold it all. I had a building. I'm already retired once. Now I'm a chief of another city because I just sold everything. He goes, and we bought a boat. I said, why'd you buy a boat? He goes, because I want to hang out with the people that I love the most. Guys, you don't, it's easy for some of you guys to say, Wes, I, some of you guys, you, you could afford to buy more things than I have. And it's easy for me to talk about giving up all that you have and following Jesus because you're like, yo, you're a pastor. You ain't got much. It's easy for you to say that. But you know what? I feel like I'm the most blessed person I know. Joel reminds me all the time, he's like, Pastor, you're so, Joel's like, Pastor, you're so generous. You're so generous, Pastor. You're so generous. Thank you for your generosity. You're so generous. I'm not the most generous person I know, though. My squad that I roll with, they're giving away expensive trucks, the squad I'm running in. You, 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 can't, you can't survive without a squad. David would have not have got the message or he would have messed it up. But let me say this to you today. I do not want any of you guys to survive. That would be a drag. You weren't made to survive. Why would I want that for you? I walked out last week and Travis and Kristen's friends were like, man, we're so glad you came to, we're so glad you came to your church. This was awesome. Travis and Kristen, that was really, really awesome. I was like, man, I appreciate that. Five days goes by, one of their friends asked me on Facebook. And um, she's like, man, I just, I've never been a part of something like that before. That was incredible. And I was like, dude, God has so much more for you. Like that was, that was nothing. That was an hour and 10 minutes of your time. Like that was it. The squad you run in, it determines a lot of things. Or you can, or you can be alone. This isn't fun. A selfie by yourself is, a, is, is that's, if you may not know this, this might offend some of you guys, but a selfie by yourself, that's lame. Like it's better with people in the picture. And every time I go somewhere, I want to take a picture of people that I'm with because I want to remember. I want, to, I want my social media to communicate this. Dude, people matter to me. People matter to me. The reason why this church is growing is because people matter to us. Buildings don't, stuff doesn't. We, my friends, um, my friends are here today, um, Mel and Kale. I love them dearly. And she said to me this week, she said this much, thanks for connecting us to Jesus. Told our team, I said, that's why we, we're doing this. We're connecting people to Jesus. That's why we roll the mats out and put the stage up and put these lights up. That's why we do that. Jamal gets that. He's like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on the setup team. That's why we do all this because we're connecting people to Jesus. I love doing that. And you should love that doing that too. Because they people will go when you when you start connecting people to Jesus, they will go from surviving to thriving. And that's what I want for you. I don't want you to survive. Don't leave it and say, yo, but this this church is awesome. Our pastor wants us to survive. I don't want you to survive. I want you to thrive. I don't want your best days to be behind you. I want them to be ahead of you. Don't you think I've learned this from Travis? Don't you think I'm I told them this, like, my view of God got bigger last week. If, if we got two trucks this year, don't you think I'm going to believe God for a building? Of course I am. 
Of course I'm going to believe that. Don't you think I'm going to believe that in 60 more people comes, God's going to bless us with something that's going to happen? Of course I believe that. I don't, because I want to, I don't want to survive. I don't want you to survive. I want you to thrive. I don't want to preach this for very long, but listen, don't let my belief be better than yours for you. I don't want to believe something for you that you don't believe. That would be silly. When my faith is low, my belief is low, Travis and Kristen and Diana, these guys, I told you guys, in my squad, they're the, they're, they're the biggest faithful people that I know. I'm going to believe for bigger. I don't want to believe bigger for you than you believe for you. I want to pep talk you till, you till your belief catches up to mine and then just keeps on going. Keeps on going. I want you to experience things greater than I've experienced them. I don't want to be, I don't want the story, I don't want you to tell my story. Man, my, my pastor got a truck last week. I want you to say, man, God blessed me this week. Man, I, you won't believe what happened. I was at a table yesterday. I love this topic, so I'm still talking about my, a guy said, a couple last, last week said, just yesterday, said we paid off $21,000 in debt last year. That's awesome, right? You know the other couple next to him? They, this, they're, they're, they're working, this, this, this other couple, he's working a full-time job, she's working a full-time job, he started a business, and she works another full-time job. She works two full-time jobs. You know they said, you know what they said at that table? Just like this. In, the next, in this next year, we're gonna pay off $80,000 in debt. I'm like, yo, let's do it. That's awesome. Like, let's believe bigger. Let's believe bigger. Because we can. Let's not survive. Let's thrive. Let's crush the game. Let's kill it. Let's go to the next level. Let's be all that God's called us to be. Because we can. Let's have the best marriages in the city. Let's have the best finances in the city. Let's have the best health in the city. Let our mind game be strong. Let our faith game be even stronger. Let's be the best that we can be. Let's not survive. Let's thrive. We can do this. And we can do it if we're in a community. You can do it if you're in a squad. If you're not, you can't. David and Nathan, that's not what I'm telling you. That's not that's what I'm saying. That's what the Bible said. David would have missed it. Missed it or messed it up. And I don't want that.